Welcome to the Amar Podcast. Amar is a not-for-profit organization that works with children as they enter, experience, and transition out of foster care. Listen in. Hello, and thank you for joining us today at our end-of-the-year giving episode where we discuss donations during the holiday season. We'll talk a little bit about how Amara is supported and what are the best in-kind donations. We begin the episode with a little reminiscing about holiday traditions, and spoiler alert, two of our guests start talking about how their belief in Santa Claus waned when they were young. So if you have little ones who believe in Santa, maybe skip the first few minutes of the episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Caroline, Amara's engagement specialist, and I am sitting here today with Carrie and Ross. My name is Carrie Bassett. I am Amara's development manager, and I have been with Amara for a little over two years, and it's just been really wonderful to be a part of all of the exciting growth that is happening at Amara um, and to help raise money to make the work possible. And I'm Ross Hiranaga. I am the Director of Children's Services. I've also been with Amara for a little over two years. I started off as the Program Manager for the Pierce County Emergency Sanctuary, and I've been in this director position for a little over six months. What? How old were you when you stopped believing in Santa Claus? Or did you? was that part of your tradition growing up? <laughs> well, I grew up in Hawaii where not many homes have chimneys, so the idea of Santa Claus coming down the chimney was very hard to believe and so there was also different versions as to how Santa Claus could get into your house to deliver gifts. Um, I think I was like 10 when I figured it out. We also didn't necessarily leave out milk and cookies. We left out cookies and maybe a can of juice and there was one Christmas morning when I woke up and I noticed that this can of juice which had a little bit of a it was either a mark or like a smash little indent on the rim that we had left out for Santa Claus the night before was back in the fridge. <laughs> and so it started, the pieces started to like come together. And I think it was around 10 when I was like, I don't think this is actually really happening. My, my parents like told me <laughs> Terry's when like, I was 10. Santa's not real. <laughs> <laughs> my parents told me when I was 10, but I got like, when I was like seven or something, I got earrings in my stocking that I had seen in my mom's jewelry box and she also gave us like I remember one time my brother got like a keychain or something or something or like a stress ball that had her works logo on it like <laughs> and one time we got like a basketball hoop with like a very used basketball that I was like this is probably my dad's from like 20 years ago so there were like clues but I I was always like trying to be good and be like not you know not like forcing myself to not believe I just like kind of pretended I still believed so do you two in your personal lives give donations to other nonprofits at the end of the year? I do. I have a number of nonprofits that I have monthly gifts to and I do ongoing and that is something that Amara has as an option as well and it's a great way for people to be supporting and supporting at a level that they might not be able to make a contribution at as a one-time gift but they can do it sustained over time and it doesn't have a large impact on their monthly budget. Um, and so a number of the organizations I support regularly are already set up, but I will usually look at the end of the year and evaluate what organizations I supported the past year and make sure everything is smooth, um, and continuing and 
sometimes make some new gifts. I actually also, my dad has started something called the Generosity Project every year where he gives us gives the kids and he sometimes does it with his siblings my aunts and uncles too cash and um sometimes it'll be make this full donation to an organization and let me know where you gave it sometimes it'll be half of this is for you and half of it is to give away and it's fun because it makes you think about who you want to support out or who we want to support outside of the organizations we would normally support and also makes me think about him and what organizations he would support that I also would. You know, it's just a fun way to think about giving and um, with family and in kind of a communal way. Carrie, I love that, uh, that your family has kind of started this tradition of giving um, instead of gifts or in addition to gifts to each other, giving gifts to nonprofits as well. My sisters actually put a list together of things that they and their kids care about, and they asked us to donate in in the name of the child and so that they could have that conversation. So giving to, you know, worldwide um, animal foundations and, and talking about, you know, giving this donation will help lemurs in Madagascar or, or whatever the organization is that they choose. So that's a really fun way to kind of start the conversation at a young age and kind of develop that philanthropy within children and, and talking about how we can all support not just our family and our own interests, but then also our larger community and world as a, as a whole. So I think it's an interesting concept that you brought up. I do see that there's been a whole bunch of families that will contact Amara and Basically, they'll tell us that their seven-year-old child has just had a birthday party and their child decided that instead of having gifts for themselves, they were collecting gifts for kids that come through the sanctuary. And it's really heartfelt and touching when we get these donations to know that a seven-year-old put their own needs secondary Mm -hmm. and decided to get something very nice for kids who potentially need it more than them yeah i think that's so cool and i i tend to think like the holidays are fun with presents when you have kids and then when you're adults you don't need anything new and and then philanthropy comes into it but i love to hear that story of starting that young and modeling it for kids and it made me think ross exactly what you were sharing of the stories of kids who have done birthday gifts instead of their own gifts to Amara, um, to the sanctuaries and, you know, we've heard of lemonade stands and just all kinds of fun things. And kids will sometimes want to come and do a check delivery to our staff and come to our office and take a photo. So that's really cool. We are so grateful for the donations that we receive for the emergency sanctuary. This support from our community is essential for our ability to care for kids as they're first entering foster care. And we've heard that not all donations are equal, meaning some donations are extremely helpful and others are not so much. So Ross, with your experience working with kids directly in the sanctuary, what do kids typically bring with them when they come to the sanctuary for the first time? Well. Of course, this all varies from placement to placement, but typically children will come after hours and a lot of times they come with their social worker and we often see that they only come with the clothes 
on their back. Sometimes if there was enough time between leaving the house and arriving at the sanctuary, they will have a bag. Sometimes it's a shopping bag. Sometimes it's a trash bag that has a little bit of clothes and a few belongings, personal belongings that might have some kind of sentimental value. Um, but oftentimes it's just the clothes on the back because these kids come to the sanctuary following a pretty traumatic experience where they were removed either on an emergency basis where there was no time to plan. Um, they'll also come in the middle of the night and so oftentimes they may not be at home before they came to us and so once again literally just to close on their back and then when they leave the sanctuary what do they leave the sanctuary with on discharge we get them a brand new duffel bag or a backpack whichever they choose or sometimes they choose both and we give them at least three sets of clothing that they can take with them to their next placement we give them a hygiene kit that will usually have a brush, a toothbrush, a comb, toothpaste, and then generally during their three-day stay, they have attachments to certain books or toys, and we'll make sure we tuck that into that bag as well. So do they get to pick out the clothes that they leave with, or do you guys just prepare those, or are they the clothes that they've been wearing for the past few days that they're staying at the sanctuary? Most time, kids will pick out clothes that we have in storage at the sanctuary, and that will often work for some of the youngers. Um, when we do have older kids, and when I say older, I usually mean from about age six and up, kids start to get um, a little particular with the types of clothes that they want to choose. And so we'll often take, in, take them shopping at places like Fred Meyer or Target or Carter's and allow them to pick out things that they would feel comfortable in. So that's a great segue into how is that possible? We we receive a lot of donations in terms of clothing and duffel bags and backpacks, but if you're wanting to give them that honor and dignity of being able to pick out their own clothes that are new and they know they're, they're not a hand-me-down from someone else, how do we make that happen? That's a great question. The sanctuary is 100% ran on philanthropy, and so in order to shop for kids and get them the clothes and items that they want and prefer. We rely on funds that our donors are sending to Amara that we can channel to the sanctuary. A lot of times uh, donors will give us gift cards to places like Target and Fred Meyer and Carter's and we can take these gift cards to supplement some of the total bill for these kids. Great. So Ross at the sanctuary, if you do have kids that are there around holidays, do you do anything special? I know people have asked they want to adopt a child for the holidays and give them Christmas gifts or um, New Year's gifts. And is that is that something that would work at the sanctuary, or how would how would that happen if someone wanted to to get holiday gifts for children at the sanctuary? Children stay with us for three to five days, and so which kids will be with us on Christmas Day is usually not determined until a few until a few days before. With that being said, when we do know that kids will be with us on Christmas Day, we make our best efforts to drop subtle hints and figure out what the kids really want. And that's when staff are able to go out to stores and buy the kids the gifts that 
they have expressed interest in. Um, a lot of times if volunteers have given us gifts that match those interests, we'll just go ahead and wrap those up. Um, but that is a good point, Caroline, that it does become tricky to do an act such as sponsoring a child over Christmas. One thing this is making me think of that the fact that part of the you know inspiration for for giving at this time is the reminder that as we're all celebrating holidays and with family and coming together for big meals and celebrating at our offices and with friends that doesn't stop the trauma and the things that kids and families experience everywhere in the world and in our own community and our staff still work on Christmas Day, on New Year's, on Thanksgiving, and kids are still coming into care. And so I think that's another piece of like, we know we are fortunate to not be in situations um, that some others experience and, and everyone has the opportunity to give back and make sure that those kids, when they're going through hard times any day or on days when more of the world is celebrating um, that they are feeling love and receiving gifts and things like that. And Carrie, that brings up a really good point that you reminded me of in which we don't want these kids to remember Christmas or the holiday season as that one really dark time in their lives. And so although gifts are important, just the idea that we can show them love and that adults are there to care for them and empathize and just be there for them is also truly important as well we don't want five years down the road when these kids are either back at home or with their forever family we don't want them to think oh yeah that was that one christmas season or that one year where everything was uprooted and turned upside down and so it is kind of a fine line that we ride to create a peaceful comforting environment and not make it too overwhelming with hey, let's celebrate with all of these gifts and everybody should be happy. It's a good reminder that these kids are going through trauma. So Mm -hmm. thanks for bringing that up. And the sanctuary is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, fully staffed and with volunteers as well. So we always need volunteers that can help out because a lot of times it's not the material things that the kids are receiving. It's the emotional one-on-one trauma-informed care that they're receiving from staff and volunteers that has made the most impact and it will be what the kids remember the most is that personal interaction that they've had with a caring loving adult so if you're interested in giving and making an impact you can you can definitely give in-kind donations you can give money you can give your own time you can also just raise awareness about how many kids are coming into care in Washington State and how many more foster families we need, how how much more support all nonprofits that are supporting these kids need. So just keeping that in mind. Yeah. yeah. And th- this end of year season, we are doing our end of year campaign around the sanctuaries. And for that very reason of making sure that the sanctuaries are operating at their highest level, um, throughout the end of the year and at all times. And I think that's such a great reminder, you know, as we talked about, there is such a need for in-kind donations and there is also a need for financial support to ensure that other actual items that we're needing to purchase for families or transportation in order to make placements possible, that we're able to provide those. And um, 
but then also, as you mentioned, so much of what happens at the sanctuary is that very high level of trauma-informed care that staff and volunteers are providing. And the day-to-day that happens at the sanctuaries, and you, of course, know this better, Ross, but the meals that kids are having, the sitting around the table, the going to the zoo, the park, all of that is possible because of financial contributions and this allowing this program to operate. So... So can you tell me a little bit about what kind of in-kind donations are the best to receive from the community and if there's any guidelines or resources you can let people know about if they're interested in giving in-kind donations, so physical items rather than cash? I think a donation that is not very useful would be something that had some type of familial label on it. So a t-shirt that says daddy's favorite son or mom's precious girl would not be something that we could use in the sanctuary because we wouldn't want a child to have to wear an item of clothing like that, not knowing their background or what kind of triggers it could cause for the child. So the most useful in-kind donation would probably be brand new clothes for kids between the ages of three and eight which is our biggest population of kids that come into care at the sanctuary we have an updated amazon wish list that we monitor at all times and add items and delete items from so anybody who is looking to help amara and the emergency sanctuaries can access that wish list through amazon These items are sent directly to us, so it doesn't involve having to drive down to one of our offices and drop it off, although that is always an option. So there's two ways to find the Amazon wishlist. One one of them is to go to amazon.com, search wishlist, type in emergency sanctuary, and our list will pop up. And the other way is to go to our website, which is www.amaraputskidsfirst.org. Hit on the get involved link there's another drop down for ways to give and the amazon wish list is also there as well carrie can you just speak a little bit to what are mm-hmm. the end of the year giving benefits for those that are deciding this t- this time of year is the best time to give to nonprofits? yeah absolutely so it is um there's a huge spike in giving at the end of the year as you mentioned and People often think that it's because of taxes, and it is to some degree with larger gifts, especially um, people or foundations who are deducting their charitable giving from their taxes. Um, but for the most part, donors who are giving annually aren't necessarily making those gifts as part of their tax deductions, um, especially with the deduction increasing going forward. We really see that donations are happening at the end of the year because of people's interest and desire to have an impact. Um, And, you know, it's the season of giving and people are giving gifts to their family and friends and really thinking about that and having it be part of the holiday season. And um, it's really cool to see how that's expanded kind of in our culture to include philanthropy in an even bigger way. And I just think it's a time that people are thinking about their communities and how they can give back to their communities. And I think people don't necessarily know 
how much nonprofits benefit from gifts that come in at the end of the year. Some nonprofits, um, well, actually a third of annual giving is done in December, and some nonprofits really are able to meet their budget and fill significant portions of their budget with giving that happens in December. And typically over 70 or 75 percent of gifts given are um, given by donors giving less than a thousand dollars and so uh, every gift matters and add up and make the work possible altogether. so I just think it's an important reminder and we thank everyone for being a part of this work and everything you do from the volunteering to the in-kind donations to financial support to make sure that we're caring for kids at the highest level at all times of the year. Can you talk a little bit about Amara's financial structure and how these financial donations impact the work we're able to do and how that might be different than other nonprofits that are working with children in foster care? So Amara is in a unique position because we are 85% funded by philanthropy, which is enormous. Um, And it is really great because it allows us flexibility and our sanctuary programs are 100% funded by philanthropy as well as um, some of our other work and the flexibility we're allowed in not having very um, you know structured financial support um, you know contracts and things like that allows us to make decisions that are really in the best interest of each child so ross mentioned the taking kids shopping at target or um wherever they might be able to buy clothes that are appropriate for certain kids that come into care when we don't have things for them we've also had instances and i don't know ross if you have any better stories because you're more directly connected to this work but we have had instances where People have been able to step up and take placement to allow siblings to stay together kind of at the last minute where, um, but there was one thing missing from their home. So they didn't have enough beds or they needed a specific car seat for the age of the child that they were going to take. And we are able to make quick decisions and be able to actually purchase items for those next placements for kids or provide, you know, an extra level of transportation to help um, get kids to their next placement. And those are things that we can't totally predict. Um, And so, of course, the in-kind donations of clothing and the backpacks and duffel bags and shoes and gift cards are also important because they allow us to um, provide those regular items that we know and expect kids to need. Um, But being able to be nimble and step in where to meet needs that we don't necessarily know are coming and set a budget that allows us to do that is so, so important for these kids. And yeah, it's a cool position to be in. And I think another part of it that is so unique is the way that we talk about our responsibility to kids, kids that are coming into care and um, you know some of the most vulnerable people in our communities. We believe, as Amara, that it is our community's responsibility to care for these kids as we would care for our own kids or our nieces, nephews. And um, so we hope and we want to communicate and inspire the community in knowing that this is a community effort and that means supporting kids financially and supporting the work that we do Um, and so having kind of a broad base of donors and you know really relying on individual philanthropy is huge for us thanks 
The only other thing I would add to what Carrie has already mentioned is that when our staff are able to pick up donations um, or meet some of these donors, although receiving these material items is really important for our success and our future, it also provides an opportunity to connect with each other one-on-one from human to human and say thank you for your support. It's a little bit of an affirmation to our staff that the community is rallying around us and um, sometimes it's that emotional piece that's really a nice contribution as well. I think one thing that I've heard about at the end of the year that's cool is people like to do this in community and so as we were talking about you know people really thinking about giving back at the end of the year um people will host giving drives at their workplace and encourage others to make donations to the sanctuaries and it's a way of you know sharing the story of what amara does and what the sanctuaries do as well as collecting donations i've heard of people having little parties and they invite everyone to bring one or two items and then they just have dinner have fun together and we've also had some creative ways that people have collected things at the end of the year or sewed um, blankets and other things for kids at the end of the year so there's a way to make it fun and share with people what they're supporting and also ask for gifts Thank you again to our Director of Children's Services, Ross, and Development Manager, Carrie, for sharing insights on how donations at the end of the year impact Amara's work with children in foster care. I'll add a link to the Amazon wish list for the emergency sanctuary in the show notes, as well as some fun pictures Carrie took of Ross and me recording. If you're in the giving spirit, feel free to borrow some of the ideas we talked about in this episode, like hosting a donation party or sharing your donation activities with the kids in your life to develop that philanthropic spirit. But whatever you do, make sure that you're supporting your local nonprofits doing good work in your community. Happy holidays! What is Carrie doing right now? <laughs> Taking a photo. She's capturing every moment. That's a cute photo.